Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face, both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. <laughs> my name is Ash, and I'm joined by two members of my firefighting family. We have Scott. Hey there. And we have Todd. Hello there. And uh, yeah, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> this is how we start now. <laughs> uh, so what do we have for news here tonight, guys? Um, some uh, some news off of Bowen Island fire. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to do a shout out here. So on the uh, Firefighters Association page, um, there's a notice there from uh, Bowen Island Fire Department. Um, one of the firefighters there, fairly young gentleman named uh, Matt uh, Lodrum. Lodrum? Uh, 35 years of age, uh, he's been diagnosed with, uh, it sounds like pretty sudden aggressive type of cancer here. So he's got a uh, malignant uh, glioblastoma brain tumor that's inoperable. So they have set up a GoFundMe page, of course. Um, reading their, their site here, looks like uh, he's, Bowen Island's a very, very small little isolated community. And um, it looks like he lives alone and he's looking for a the department's looking for ways to support him. So they have set up a uh, GoFundMe, like I said. So if you go on, I think it was the Bowen Island website, actually, on the fire department site. Mm-hmm. I saw a connection there. So you can go in there and, and donate if needed. Um, he's definitely, lots of those costs of the medications and any other procedures and, you know, lives alone, like they right. mentioned. So anything would help. It's a fellow, fellow brother. So pretty sad to, to hear that news. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else do we have up there? Uh, sticking with uh, the Lower Mainland, uh, there was uh, an incident in Vancouver. Yeah, they had a uh, fatal blaze there. Um, and it sounds like uh, shortly afterwards, the firefighters were doing some of their overhaul. Mm. Uh, they had one of their members actually fall through the, uh, the second story floor. Um, and injure himself. So, um, on the news there, following them, uh, sounds like everything went fairly well uh, when that occurred. So they did their their mayday call. They had their radio activated. Um, mm-hmm. There was radio silence and good communication. They were able to actually extricate him out um, to the paramedics who were waiting. Right. So I think that kind of falls into a lot of what we talk about with our written. Always. Yeah, the overhaul is always aware. People always think it's going to happen during the middle of the fire. They're, you know, everyone has this picture in their head. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to be the blaze is happening, which it could happen there. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it happens during that overall phase. Yeah, I mean, when the building's compromised and yeah. put thousands of gallons of water, which is heavy, on these structures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good chance it's going to collapse. And I don't want to say we let our guard <laughs> down because we're definitely remaining diligent. But um, in the heat of the moment, I mean, when you're making the push, if you're inside, whatever it is, um, I mean, you're every every step, every inch, you're being, you know, very, very safety conscious. Um, during an overhaul, you should still be staying with that same same uh, level of uh, safety in mind. But like Scott just said, there's there's so much more weight. There's, uh, I mean, 
Mm-hmm. The uh, structure has been compromised. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that can def- definitely lead to that being um, a pretty dangerous situation. And you know, we talk about there's uh, you know some smaller departments that don't go interior. Mm-hmm. Well, at some point in time, you have to make sure the fire's out. Yeah. So, I mean, either you're going to be running a a loader through it and mow it to the ground. Or somebody will take a step or two inside and make sure the fire is out. Yeah. You still have rule. to be really, really cautious. The rule is they don't go interior if it's IDLH. Yeah, right. I was going to say, it's just that IDLH environment. <clears throat> and afterwards, you're, you said you got to go in anyway to fully extinguish it mm-hmm. once that IDLH. But if you fall through a floor, mm-hmm. it might be IDLH below the floor. For sure. Yeah, and there's a lot of information that wasn't shared either. Was like, we don't, I don't know the, where the location of the fire was, mm-hmm. what type of yeah. fire it was, things like that. Um, you know, when you think of a floor collapse, you know, obviously I'm thinking it's going to probably be a fire below it. Mm-hmm. At that point, that's going to compromise it. Um, you know, I just, I don't want to say we get complacent because I don't think we really do, but that's, that's what I was we, trying to get we, to there. Yeah. Let, we do let our guard down a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you get, get more fatigued. comfortable. We also get fatigued because mm-hmm. yeah. you're like, you just fought a fire. I'm mean, usually the guy, like the first responding unit's still in there doing some work, and then you're like, ah, guys are starting to get tired. Second guy show up, they start getting tired because they're ripping down walls, ceilings, mm-hmm. doing overall. Yeah, because um, overall, it's harder work yeah. a lot of the time than the than the initial fire attack. Because now you're ripping shit down. You're, yeah. It's, yeah. It can be very very labor intensive. But fire we had a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was almost all overhaul. Like there was no real big fire show, but it was, no. you know the buildings on fire. We're ripping everything down, and we're kind of. Not, it's not wasn't overall yet because you hadn't put it out yet, but mm-hmm. we were ripping ceiling, ripping walls, cutting holes, doing this, doing that. Yeah, um, we were getting tired. And, Absolutely. You, know, you start burning through mm-hmm. guys, and you know they go to rehab, and then they come back. But even if you go to rehab, you're never going to be 100. Mm-hmm. percent Yeah. Uh, even if you're in really good shape, you're still going to be like, yeah, I'm a little tired. Your mental focus is not going to be quite there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once the fire's out, your mental focus definitely starts to drop off. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And again, I mean, we, we don't really know the whole story behind it. That's uh, right. Actually occurred uh, in the media report. It said, you know, it was within a few minutes of doing the overhaul. That's when it occurred yeah. uh, after the fire had been knocked. So yeah. hard to say, but. You but know, I think they had a good RIT, good RIT plan, a good RIT team. Yeah. And, and during the interview there, they mentioned um, that everything worked very well. Like it was, they made the, the calls. It was radio silent so they could communicate to the right teams. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, being on mainland, there is video footage of a lot of it. And that just made me, you know, really remember our garbage training. Like we always talk about it's, you know, we need to package them and bring them out to a safe area so we can hand off to EHS, right? And that video caught them extricating him out uh, prone, so stomach down on a clamshell, his pack still on. Yeah. And then it flipped to another for him once he was fully stripped down. And rolling them onto another clamshell and packaging with the ambulance. So, uh, placement of where we place our downed firefighters after the fact too is is, is huge as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and I know we practice that firefighter down CPR for, for the worst case scenario. Yeah. But that shucking shucking the oyster kind of deal with the, you know you pull mm-hmm. them out of, and that still is going to work even if the guy's not. Um, is, if you're not in a situation where you're getting C, doing CPR, you could still. Do basically the whole thing. If you need to do something thing. rapidly for that, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And it I sounds mean, like this one. Strip him down to get him in the ambulance. Like, you can't go yeah. with his turn of your arm. It sounds like this one was definitely more injury-specific. Like, he was 
you know, moving and conscious and everything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as you can see, he's <laughs> laying quite uncomfortably, you know, on his stomach, but moving and cooperating. And, right. <clears throat> right. But yeah, I hope uh, I hope that firefighter is doing well and he heals up and gets back on the job. And good job to all the other uh, firefighters and his uh, Rick crew that got him out safely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I guess uh, we can kind of touch on the uh, tone of the episode. Um, we can. We were just talking about Vancouver, uh, Lower Mainland. Uh, we're about four and a half hours uh, inland from from there, and there's a stretch of highway that kind of connects where uh, where we are to them, and they had a a. Uh, I'll say a mini MCI in comparison to the footage that we've seen coming out of mm -hmm. Texas. <laughs> so maybe we'll touch well, base I mean, on. I don't on... think that was a mini MCI of what they had either. <laughs> no, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was just not to, to the. I yeah. mean, Texas was massive, so I don't want to sell what happened here short. It was a. It was a very yeah. very big scene. So maybe we'll we'll touch on what happened locally, um, and sort of the trickle down effect that uh, uh, happened and then affected kind of the rest of the province, and then we'll go into Texas. Yeah, because I think overall, throughout all of North America right now, everybody's mm -hmm. kind of in this deep freeze. Yeah. This cold weather yep. has hit. And now it's starting to warm up a little bit, which doesn't necessarily make it any better for roads. Mm. It actually might start making it worse. Um, but yet, I think you probably have more information on the uh, one that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, BC. so we all kind of um, saw the beginning of the week. <clears throat> there was a multi-car pileup on a section of uh, freeway. Um uh, just as the mountain pass kind of comes back into the valley down the lower mainland. And so it sounded like there was report, initial reports of, I think they mentioned like 10 tractor trailer units, multiple other cars, a possible bus, um, things like that. I don't, I can't remember the exact number they, they tallied up after the fact, but reports just kept coming in for, for patients. Um, so at the end of it, I think they ended up having upwards towards 40 patients that were all uh, dealt with and triaged. Um, and this motor vehicle incident, the stretch of the highway, it spread out over a kilometer. Uh, so very long scene, right? Just imagine being the first couple crews in there trying to you know, <laughs> triage and, <laughs> and figure out, you know, who you're extricating first and going from there. Like that, that's very challenging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so upwards towards 40 patients, uh, they transported, uh, I think it was initial reports were four critical. Um, and it sounds like now I think there's only one person left that's in the hospital. Right. Uh, then they had one fatality. And I believe there's a pedestrian struck in that incident as well. Sure. So when we start talking resources, this is, you know, your cold mountain pass, tons of snow, tons of ice, bitter cold, uh, you know, hard to get access in and out of, you know, barrier highway as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so we, we end up sending, there was uh, upwards towards 18 ambulances. We had two helicopters, I think some fixed wing aircraft as well. Um, and then a hand, handful of supervisor units as well. So a lot of resources were sent out in that area. And the trickle effect from that, of course, is is all up and down the valley, mm -hmm. all up the province. There was, there was multiple resources pulling from cities hours away, you know, getting sent to this. And then that, of course affects a, a ripple again up and down the entire province because we all just have to start shuffling resources for to sure. cover those other communities mm -hmm. uh, so it's a big big draw and you know when you think of our small little communities and what we can do with the fire service 
you know, this is just another reason why we need to prep for MCIs and, you know, first responder training and what we can do. Because in these areas, as we know, there's a lot of uh, time delay for those uh, units. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, any time you have a highway, even like, you're going to, there's a lot of traffic flowing throughout the area. Um, and weather happens and mm-hmm. you know, it could go from one car to 20 cars pretty short period of time. Oh, that reminds me actually. And, and in that, the I think it was the, one of the second arriving uh, ambulances, um, it's common knowledge now, it's on the media, that it was actually involved in the accident as well. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they end up getting kind of slid off the road into a bank, into a cliff. Uh, I don't believe that there's any reports of the Mexicans being hurt, uh, but again, just traction, right? It's off they go. There's a police cruiser as well that was involved uh, mm-hmm. in the first arriving units. And it sounded like everybody started piling up upon each other. Mm-hmm. So now imagine, you know, your, your first ambulance in and or first, you know, fire crew in and all of a sudden you see another one coming. Oh, thank goodness. We got more help. Oh, <laughs> they, they just hit the cliff. They're on the rhubarb. Yeah, this right. isn't good, right? And I can only assume, just in the location, you said there was a ped truck. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, no, got to be somebody right. getting out to help, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe walking wounded, and then now they're you know struck by another passing vehicle that's sliding out of control. Yeah. Um, so again, when when these scenes are so so large, and um, I mean, I in my mind, I keep playing back um, some of the footage from the Texas crashes. Um, I mean, there's people driving by, and there's this smash 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 and you see people walking and then they're 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 fleeing that side of the road because Mm -hmm. there's there's no safe area so at what point in time how can you how can you secure that scene like what can be done to stop that chain reaction of just smash the ending not much i feel you know yeah in in those initial moments especially if it's Mm -hmm. corners or well it's just a picture picture when you're driving down the freeway Mm-hmm. You know, and all, how many times you have to hit your brakes fairly heavily? That's right. Because traffic just slows stops down and for like no reason. Yeah. Like, well, and stop? not even stops, just just <laughs> slows, slows for yeah. something. Yeah. And next thing you know, the ripple effect down that that uh, that highway mm-hmm. is huge. It sucks. Yeah. That's right. Now put a couple of vehicles into a ditch on an icy yeah. road. Yep. Even worse. I guess that that uh, the stretch of highway we're talking about is uh, is on highway through hell. That's it is the highway through hell. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so actually, anyone. Uh, n- watches that show they'll know what we're talking about mm-hmm. that's basically the highway that is the highway there that where that accident was yeah, yeah absolutely so, so now the texas accident was 130 plus vehicles can't even fathom <laughs> because uh you know obviously texas when you think texas you think winter weather driving conditions <laughs> i don't know if texas <laughs> had winter weather <laughs> yeah evidently they didn't know either um so it sounds like probably i'm guessing like, because even around here, a lot of people don't drive with winter tires, even though you're, mm-hmm. by law we have to. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like we're having this discussion. Yeah, like we're in the desert. We are Canada's yeah. last remaining <laughs> desert <laughs> climate. But yeah, we definitely get snow and such. And I forget what they said. There was a, a road check, actually. So just after oh, yeah. our little MCI, because again, this wasn't little, but it also wasn't 130. Um, they did a highway check for winter tires. And I forget what the report was. One, one, like one in nine passed. One in nine yeah. were passing. Um, so and, you can't imagine Texas, where they never get, like, they're not going to ever get. Yeah. Like, who would put winter tires on? Who would go and buy <laughs> snow rain? I'm assuming it's not very snowy there. I don't know. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. 
Maybe we we're ignorant no. Canadians. So right. When I think of Texas, I think warm helicopter hog hunting and gators yeah. and yeah. Hell yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I've never seen other than now. I've never seen mm-hmm. Texas with snow or or cold weather. <laughs> Man, like, so those reports of that of that accident, Texas, like the video footage that was out there, yeah, mm-hmm. is just horrific. Yeah, the UPS Absolutely. driver. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I think a, 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 yeah, it was a sort of a courier <laughs> service of sorts, eighteen wheeler, whatever. And the video of that striking a uh, white pickup, Go and on, it was like yeah. the pickup yeah. was weightless. It was in the air upside. It was just. I can't even imagine. Um, I, I don't know if there was patients inside about time or if they had already self-extricated because they had already been in an accident. Um, is it six to nine dead? Mm-hmm. Which is actually, when you look at it, that's actually pretty good. On 130 yeah. something cars, even if there's only one person per vehicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, it's going to be two to three people in a vehicle. Mm-hmm. So that's actually pretty, you know, only that many dead for that big of a pileup at that speed. Right. Yeah. And you look out east too, like we get a lot of the video footage from uh, in Canada out east there, the eastern provinces. Um, you know, they get those massive pileups as well on their freeways. Right. That little uh, fog patch, icy patch, and it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then that falls back, back to the old, you know, once we get there, we start setting traffic control. Yeah. How do you even shut down? How do you even do that safely? Well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's like anything, you know, like we train for what's in our area. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I'm assuming that they would be training for those MCIs in their areas on freeways yeah. because I noticed in some of the video footage after the fact, uh, the Fort Worth Fire Department, uh, they were you know broken up into little teams and the one guy was carrying packing like spreaders and cutters, the other guy was packing the pump, mm-hmm. and they're just walking the line. Right. right. So uh, it'd be really interesting to hear from somebody down there that's been involved in some of the training or an event like that for sure see kind of what they have to do because just picture if we had that in our highway how many mm-hmm. departments we would have to bring in yeah. and start breaking up our extrication tools for that many vehicles that's right we're talking to coordinate chief. with yeah. triaging if mm-hmm. we're talking our chief and we're like what if we start at one end and just start peeling vehicles apart or well, that's calling like, you, you still and... need to triage you still need yeah. people to run through and and communicate like the mm-hmm. priorities like yeah i would assume you know the worst priorities would be somewhere in that first quarter right that first yeah. little start of it yeah. and also that's like north of town here we have the kind of the windy where it gets windy by the by the lake up here right mm-hmm. where we meet up with another department mm-hmm. um and we've had times where we've come across like where there's an accident in that in that kind of s curve area and uh the, the highway's actually blocked from the accident, so we've actually had to go in from both. So we come in from one end, and then the other guys come in from the other end, and then we basically start working our way in. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never had a like 4,500 vehicle accidents. You That's know, right. Three or, I think three or four of them would be our most yeah. mm-hmm. in that area. Um, but yeah, you just start kind of working your way in, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, comes down to, well, the basic principles of triage that we've practiced, right? Is, is you know, <coughs> the, the speed, and you're only there, you know for a few seconds quickly triaging those, those individuals excuse me and carrying on but mm-hmm. now over a kilometer <laughs> you know stretch of highway how are you gonna do that like yeah. you better really break it up into sections like almost little division leaders and stuff for sure yeah because mm-hmm. part of your triage now has to be not only the patient it has to be 
ease of extrication. That's right. Right, because, mm-hmm. you know, we go by, we're always thinking, oh, a patient like, has these criteria to meet to yeah. make it to this level of um, triage. Yeah. But if maybe they're, that patient's better off, but they're pin worse. Yeah. And that could really go south easily mm-hmm. versus this person who's, who's worse, but almost free. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> like, just it. Yeah. How much time are you going to put on that one person to extricate when you could pull out for others that are more viable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And that's where, like you said, sometimes, and it's always funny, like sometimes there's the argument that we talked about, you know, when you want somebody who's triaging, you know, maybe not necessarily, you know, that salty veteran because they can stick with the basic triage principles. But then to argue that, you know, that guy who is very seasoned at doing that and meticulous at it, they have a better understanding of what you just mentioned. Yeah. You know, that, that time delay of, of how to skip somebody in. And mm-hmm. whatnot. Well, it's also like, do I want to send a strictly like a, a paramedic out there? Who maybe doesn't understand the complications of of um, of auto X of auto X, or do I want to send mm-hmm. a firefighter out there who maybe doesn't understand the complications of medical mm-hmm. versus auto X? But then both of them. The MCI triage yeah. criteria, like um, you know, it, it could benefit because it's just those few principles. Right. Yeah. In a big yeah. setting, yeah, it's mm-hmm. tough. That comes back to that communication, right? Yeah. Yep. And then some of the stuff like I was watching the video of cranes to pull up some of the vehicles apart. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and no one just has that in their back pocket. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of the uh, the cribbing and stabilization techniques that we all practice for that yeah. perfect, you know, extrication model goes out the window and something like that. Some of that, that be, size, you yeah. Be pretty careful because I'm sure things will start shifting and moving. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you just don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, there's actually a uh, interesting post on. Our lo- or not our local, our pro- provincial uh, volunteer firefighters uh, page. I don't know if you saw that, Ash. Mm. Uh, with the roof collapse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That There was a, um, a vehicle struck a... It's like a carport, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, vehicle struck a carport. Uh, do you know anything about this story? No, just from... My and I believe it trapped some guys or... or I don't know if the people were killed or... I don't, I don't believe anybody was, was killed, but I think there was a... It was like a delivery a, guy or something, wasn't it? Yeah, the delivery mm-hmm. guy. He was he was in there, and his truck started rolling, and his truck hit the... Okay. And then he yep. was, I think, pinned. Yeah. yeah. So it came to the... Uh, these guys had a discussion on, on Facebook about it, what's the best way to lift that roof off. Mm. It's like a flat roof, bunch of debris. Um, of course, everyone's like, well, extrication tools or, or uh, lift bags or air bags, yeah. Some people are like, what if you don't have the? What if you don't have the money? What if your department's too small? Doesn't have, uh, doesn't have that. Yeah. Things. So the discussion came up. Like, what are the, what are some of the other options? Um, I actually threw in there like, could we? Because I I know there's we haven't. I don't think we've tried it, but I've seen departments do it. They you know they throw a donut roll down, they slide a ladder in, and they mm-hmm. use it as like basically leverage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what there's some people said a jackal. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of good ideas coming out of there. It's, like I said, just the simple jackals and yeah. jacks and, yeah. and cribbing. But like you said, like I've seen similar videos where departments, you know, they don't have the money for those lifting bags and other right. tools. Yeah. So they've literally used an extension ladder or a roof ladder yeah. to lift a small car off yeah. of somebody's pin, right? For sure. Same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always funny because people are like, well, then you got to recertify your ladder. It's like, so yeah. what? So, <laughs> yeah. It's like, of course you do. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, yeah, anytime you use a tool for something that's not intended to do, you have to look at it again, mm-hmm. make sure it wasn't mm-hmm. 
damaged or you know yeah um but that's why we have those tools is yeah. because we are there to try and you know, yeah. for life safety. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like this is this is what we do is the benefit for life safety. To the I don't even want to say risk, like the, the risk versus reward, but if we bust up a ladder because we're trying to use that to rescue a person, yeah. and if we fail at rescuing with the ladder, but we still made the effort, yeah. it's a lot better than standing around with your hands in your pockets. Yeah. You know, let's think outside the box. If if you don't have the proper tool, um I mean, some some reaction is better than standing around doing nothing. Yeah, so you really get fixated on these uh, books. The mm-hmm. book, like they're all by the book. It's a, for every inch you got a crib. Da, da, da. Like, yeah, but if the guy's getting crushed, mm-hmm. and you can make a quick foot and reach in and grab him, like without getting yourself pinned, or throw a freaking line in there and pull him out. You know, ties. You know, throw a webbing in there so he can grab it while you yank him out. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna waste. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna go. Oh, okay, we got a crib. Okay, we don't, oh, raise another inch, we got a crib. Raise another mm-hmm. inch, we got a crib. Meanwhile, the guy's getting crushed. Yeah. Um, so it's like... Stab yeah. him with a... <laughs> whatever. A pike pole and drag him out. <laughs> he's alive still. Get him that. Maybe don't do that. But, you know what I mean? Like, if, if, if he's being... Here. If he's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he's being crushed alive, though, like, you know, maybe... Well, I mean, you, you can't use a pike pole. It's going to scratch him. Da, 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 da. Well, you know what? If you hooked it to his belt or if you if it hooked around a piece piece of clothing because you don't want to put a firefighter in there, I'd still take the risk that I'm going to be, you know, I, I might be causing him a, a little bit of pain. But he can bitch about that later when he's alive. Yeah. You know, if that's possible. I find too know. a lot of times, um, just in, in training, you know, when we're talking specifically lifting things, um, People tend to want to lift so much and put all this cribbing underneath when all you may need is, <laughs> is an inch and yeah. you can pull that victim out, mm-hmm. right? Because usually if the guy's still alive, he's probably, had, there's yeah. there's a void space in there. So yeah. it's not like it's fully crushed anyway. Were you on that call up the highway here um, where uh, we had we had a car roll off into the ditch? Oh, and yeah. he was the guy's head was like right next to that rock? Yeah, he was so the car was flipped upside down, and he was behind the top of the door frame behind yeah. the a post, half out the window, and his head was pinned between the the window and the gravel. Like he was just yeah. stuck. Like he wasn't yeah. necessarily really injured. He was yeah. very lucky. Yeah, he's like <laughs> he all kind of twisted up. Yeah. and right away I remember everybody was thinking the worst or getting all these tools out and this yeah. and that. And just, I can't remember. Uh, I was in there. I was, I was here. Um, I didn't make the truck. Yeah. Cause I, it was myself yeah. and somebody else down there. I think we were looking at it and everyone's like, yeah, we're going to get the lifting bags and we're going to get this and we get that. And they get the cribbing out there and we're looking at, well, there's just gravel under his face. Because yeah, so, otherwise the guy's, so, head, the guy's head would be a pop like a grape. Yeah, and, and, and we <laughs> talked, he was like, he's like, I'm just stuck. Like, my head's a little sore, but I just can't move. And uh, so we're doing the assessment on him, and he's wiggling everything, but he's just pinned. Like, all right. So we dug some gravel away from his face. He kind of wiggled. As soon as he felt that freedom, he wiggled out and popped right out of the car. Dog getting caught in the (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it was, right? So it comes back to that that simple, you know, try before you pry, right? Mm -hmm. You know, push that power seat back before you disconnect the battery. You know, like just the the simple little things. Yeah. But yeah, he always wants to do these uh, big, long, complicated rescues and these book things and. Yeah. So I, I like on training nights, sometimes I just like tell the guys to play, like just play around. Like obviously safe to play. But you know, yeah. just hey, come up with some plans. 
and you can't use any of the normal gear. Yeah. It just improvise. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. and, and that that's and huge for happens. a lot of aspects. I mean, rescues alone, motor vehicle accidents alone, yeah. but even just fire scene, writ scenario stuff, right? Because there's not going to be that perfect uh, extrication. For sure. Right? You know, that <laughs> the door starts tearing in the wrong spot. Oh, shit. I need plan B. Yeah. So, I mean, you might be on to plan F at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? <laughs> Squirrel. Yeah. Cold weather. Cold weather calls. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, as this cold weather continues, um, actually I think ours is starting to slow down. It looks like maybe next week might be a little warmer. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, still freezing, but not. You don't know, me now because looking around right now, everybody's skating on on frozen pond yeah, right you're now. Telling me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hey, 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 too. Yeah, yeah, I'm like looking. All these people are skating. Okay, over the next week, it's gonna get warm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. next weekend people are gonna be like, "Oh, I'm gonna go skate on the pond." And that was such fun last weekend. Well, it's dropped or it's went up, got ten degrees. Um, mm-hmm. Now we're gonna get something nice happen. Yep. Yeah. Um, I know we were talking about the ice rescues and stuff the other week coming up to this, and sure as shit, you know, the other day before the lake was frozen, uh, just the edges where we get that north wind, there's probably you know a hundred feet of, of ice that was all yeah. built up in the wind and pushed up, and there's. You know, a lady and four young kids out there walking on the ice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I hope nothing happens, but the odds are. Uh, we actually have a couple guys going to an ice rescue course uh, next few weeks. Right. Where guys are going. Normally, I mean, we only have two or three lakes around here. Mm-hmm. That possibly could be, a, not, not like you guys where you have a massive lake. Um, we mainly deal in swift water. So right. we're sending a few of our swift water guys to go to get some ice rescue under their belt just so they can bring it back to us yeah. and we can mm-hmm. go over a few things. I mean, we've had, like we said a couple weeks ago, we've had a few rescue, ice rescue calls. Yeah. It yeah. just comes down to that improvising again. I mean... Well, you've got the dry suits already from your swift water. I mean, that's yeah. a huge step right there. Yeah. Dry suits. make that grab. <laughs> so we have no uh, feet on our dry suits right now. Oh, yeah. Because we cut our feet off to make it easier tech. to swim in the... Um, like put, we cut the feet off, put gaskets on to yeah. make it easier to swim in the swift water. Yeah, you make it look <laughs> So the old, the old feet make it. Yeah, I know. Because uh, when we're, we're signing up for this course, uh, the chief's like, wait, oh, we have dry suits. I'm like, yeah, but there's no feet on them. <laughs> and I don't know if the guys are going to want to hang on the ice in the ice room, in the ice, icy water all day. So yeah. I'm ordering, I'm renting their, the proper, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, you know, in a, qu- in a quick jump in the water, grab the yeah, I, I think they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's you know you don't need a lot of gear um for yeah. ice rescue like really like we've got yeah. we've got our, our rope bag and, and the anchors and stuff and some pulleys to do something yeah. for your way out um and yeah like a couple of guys where you go you, you know we were, we were talking about it it's like it'll probably be an easier physical course than uh than the swift water course swift waters i mean you took it yeah, yeah swift water well yeah I, quite, I haven't done the ice yeah. rescue um of course, but uh, I know the guy that took it, they said they were pretty exhausted by the end of it. Yeah. Um, however, you know, that swift water, that's exhausting. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. combat swim. And, oh, the combat uh, swim, and it's like, okay, good job. Well, now I'm going to hold you under the water while yeah. you actually well, right. well, you cut your, uh, the rope off your leg. And, mm-hmm. and then you're going to swim some more, and then you're going to do yeah. this, and then we're going to try to drown you again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so hopefully nothing happens with the ice, but. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But that is definitely on the, always in the back of my mind. <clears throat> these ice mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else we got in the uh, <clears throat> conditions? So while it's cold out, um, 
we've got uh, we got to keep our houses warm, um, and a lot of places have um, gas heat, electric heat. A lot of places have wood chimney. A lot of places have wood as more of a ambiance, <laughs> less of a a primary source of heat. Um, that's super super common here. So with those, we kind of find where we get the old chimney fire because they're not their primary source of heat it's almost like a booster like they yeah they, especially now when it's getting colder they're like mm-hmm. oh they will flash this not up really warm enough mm-hmm. yeah let's, yeah let's turn on the old chimney mm-hmm. not turn on it let's light the fire let's light up the fire right <laughs> um so we've uh we've actually had a bit of a run on chimney fires lately well, part of it, I think, is too, is because maybe at the beginning of the season, they were lighting it when it first got cold, and mm-hmm. it was cool. Maybe at Christmas time, they had it lit, and then yep. nothing for the nothing. last couple months. Yeah. And now this crease looks built up. Maybe a bird is freaking put a nest in Throwing there. Throwing a nest in there, yeah. And then they like, oh, now it's getting, now uh, this cold snap happened. Let's light a chimney. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, light a fire in the chimney. Yeah. And uh, they get a fire in the chimney. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't want a fire in your chimney, you want a fire in your You want a fire in the fireplace, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so we've we've had a few of those. Um, <clears throat> when we had our structure fire, we had another. We had a second call uh, with a chimney fire just north of town. Uh, we had one just the other night, uh, which was, uh, I mean, kind of textbook, but that one went pretty smooth. Uh, found a couple interesting techniques came into play there. Yeah, um, that was, was textbook annoying. Yeah. Because it wasn't a textbook <laughs> chimney. It was like, you know, usually they get the straight shot down and then you get the top of the um, uh, chimney, um, like the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's usually fairly easy to deal with. Um, yeah. We've talked about this before. We've, you know, we get the chimney bomb, which is essentially like the crappiest, um, crap, the, the thinnest bag. little lunch, thinnest little lunch bag you can find. Um, and you kind of hang it over the chimney and then the heat from the fire lights it, it heats it up and it just kind of disintegrates and then. Um, inside the bag is dry cam from an extinguisher, and it just mm-hmm. kind of drops down, kind of like rains dry cam down the chimney. Mm-hmm. Usually works pretty well. Yep. Usually mm-hmm. takes one or two. Um, this particular chimney, we I think we dropped about five down. Mm-hmm. Very little results. Like yeah, we if we're like oh I think it worked, and then like <sighs> yeah. it didn't work. Let's get out of there. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. Didn't work. Okay. We don't like to put water down right away because, um, you know, there's potential if it's an older chimney, we can crack it because it's got heat and then we add yep. water to crack it. Um, we also don't want to flood anything. So we we try to refrain from, from a lot of water. So we bring up uh, yeah. like a water extinguisher with us. Um, <clears throat> in, this, in this case, well, we had guys from below and then us. I was on the roof. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting. We have this nozzle that... <laughs> It's named after one of our members from, I don't know how many years ago. Was like that? the 50s. <laughs> Maybe not quite that old, but yeah, he's. Uh, so the nozzle is actually his ago. last name because it, it's like this thing they, that he made. and uh, It's like the Berry Bars. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> and all it is really, it's, uh, we're actually, we got it up here with us. It's because uh, Todd, Todd, you hadn't seen it or you hadn't seen it? I hadn't while? seen it. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually, it's been sitting on the truck, and uh, I knew what it was, and a couple people were like, what is that thing? And I was like, oh, it's, uh, it's for, and I knew what it was for, but it's I forgot the name of it. Mm. And on this fire, I forgot the name of it, too. I'm like, hey, give me the little twisty nozzle thingy. And they're like, you mean this? I'm like, yeah, that, that thing. They said the name. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, it's a honko rubber tubing that's um, like secured to this piece of copper copper tube. Yeah. That's what, three, four feet long? Yeah, about, about that. Crimped on one end, so crimped on the 
nozzle. The, the nozzle end is crimped <laughs> down, so it like shoots out like a flat, like duckbill style, like mm-hmm. sp- um, spray of water. And the rubber end fits over the tip of a just a regular water extinguisher. Yep. But the good thing is, because it's copper tubing, it's full and malleable, so you can bend it up um, so it goes onto the shelf in the chimney. Um, you have chimneys with weird angles, like this one in particular. This one had the up. Because we actually had the tick out. I don't know if I told you that. We put the tick up to the chimney, and we could see the heat, and then we could see the angle. It's 45 right. degree angle. Yeah, yeah. So this chimney had a weird 45 degree on it. And so we're like, oh, so we had to like, that's why the chimney bombs were working, is they were basically hitting it and then sliding down the chimney. Yeah. So it wasn't getting where it was actually burning. Right. So we got this nozzle out, bent it in the right position, put it in, hit it, hit it again, got some good steam, but it was still going. We're like, so then the guys down below do the same thing. They put, because the, basically the, the the fire was actually running pretty much all the length of the chimney. Mm-hmm. So, um, guys are in the attic, making sure there's no extension, doing all the good stuff, but we still need to get this fire out. So we did all these things and I'm up there with another officer, Jay, and we're like, like, you know, it'd be awesome if we could steam kill this thing. Cause we were basically creating steam, but it's not having the effect we want. Mm-hmm. Cause there's all these weird little angles and void spaces and sort of, so I'm like, ah, we need to cap this fire. Like we need to cap the chimney somehow. So, uh, I don't know if you ever watched, um, um, the new... Like the cheesy, uh, no, no, they, uh, the guy with the eye patch. Um, <laughs> it's a cowboy movie, <laughs> True Grit. The new, oh. the new True Grit. You see that? No, he, he sends a girl up and they climb on the roof of the, of the fire, and then she puts his, the jacket over the chimney and it smokes up the guys in below and below. And they start coughing, they come out, and he starts shooting them. <laughs> so I didn't want that to happen, <laughs> but what I did want is I wanted the steam to come down the chimney so. At first, I'm like, oh, you, t- you put my turnout coat over the chimney. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. <laughs> this isn't true written. This isn't a Western. Yeah. Okay, so, so I shout down to the guys below. I'm like, hey, uh, anybody got like a piece of plywood or something down there? Like, just look around, see if there's plywood. So the guys, you know, they start digging around. And then actually, Jay, Jay was like, isn't there like a stepping stone? Like, because when we walked up, there, the house had like round like little pavers. Like, yeah, round paving stones. Yeah, it does. Oh, that'd be a perfect cap because it's got some weight to it. It's cement, not gonna burn, not gonna melt. So call that call down. So one of the guys <laughs> carries up this paving stone up with him, <clears throat> hands it to me. When I carry up, cap it on the chimney. Or sorry, we hit it a couple more times with the with the water, get the steam going, put the cap on, and wait. <laughs> and man, like the amount of steam it generated. Oh yeah, it was like a nice cloud of steam. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually the steam started pouring out of the, uh, around the cap because it wasn't fully, um, no. sealed. It's not airtight. But then, there was a lot of steam coming out of that thing. Sat there probably did 10 minutes, removed it. Hmm. Out. Out. Problem solved. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. So, and we had some guys down below making sure, like, yeah, there's nothing coming out. Of smoke yeah, exactly. Or steam. Yeah, it definitely wasn't pushing anything down. It was really clear on the in- mm-hmm. inside of the house. Um, we, uh, did another thorough look around and it was a split level. So it had a basement. Um, and back in the day when the house was built, there was a secondary fireplace on the lower level. Mm-hmm. Well, this one had a gas fireplace insert that was put into the, uh, uh, the basement level. And because it was so cold, they had that going as well to keep the house warm. Um, <clears throat> so we're upstairs doing all of this 
And uh, halfway through, our deputy chief comes up. He says, hey, I just shut off the downstairs fireplace. It was running. (laughs) And, I mean, granted, that's why we do our secondary searches. Just, hey, this is the fireplace. This is where the issue is. But he's like, yeah, I went and had a look in the basement. And sure, shit, yeah, they they had a a, uh, gas insert. And I get it. It's it's a, a different setup. It's shouldn't be a problem but to go and eliminate any extra ignition source that may that may be around there uh was uh, really good as well and i think somebody asked the homeowner if there was a secondary fireplace and they said no um because it, thinking he's thinking wood 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 fire, yeah. wood, wood fire. so just just to do oh just to do the extra um search and know for yourself to make sure that everything else is safe is super super key well and then on the roof where we were there was three chimneys mm-hmm. so like looking at it going okay well that's obviously the one with fire coming out it was the chimney fire and then there's one in the middle so uh we put a ladder up to it and we looked and it was capped it's like cement cap on it mm. and then the other one was uh the gas insert yeah because it had the different uh, cap mm-hmm. on top that's right but then we started um adam and i over up there where we started discussing well, maybe the cement cap, maybe what's happening is it only went down so far. And because of the angle, we're thinking, well, maybe there's, maybe that's where the fire is now caught in, inside this, like whatever yeah, burner yeah. might be inside right. this void space. That might be why we weren't hitting it. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe that's why the steam got mm-hmm. through it because the steam would have rose into there, killed it. Right. And that's why the nozzle and the chimney bonds were working. Right, right. Because the space that was not part hmm. of the cabin. So I don't know, whatever reason, we put it out. Yeah, got went home, so it was good. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are you know just the, those cold weather calls are mm-hmm. interesting. And then you know I, we were lucky that it hadn't been snowing or anything for that night at the chimney park. So that's a whole other matter. Because you're yeah. trying, you're trying to work on this roof, and you got yeah. you know you only have so many ladders you can put down for footing, and you know. Yeah, my neighbor slippery. had one uh, last year, last winter actually. You call the chimney fire, get out to my truck, and I look up, and it's just blowing out of flames yeah. out of his chimney. He's like, oh, mm. shit. So I went direct there, and uh, he has a really, it's two-story, very, very steep pitch. Uh, he's got his own uh, roof ladder actually mounted mm. to the roof mm-hmm. next to his chimney there. And thank God, because we wouldn't, we would have had to really improvise to get mm. up to that thing. It was right. so steep, covered in snow. Uh, so it worked really well. And But we did ask him. <laughs> How old is that ladder? Like, oh, it's a brand new aluminum one. We just put it on. Like, Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you look at some of those old school yeah. ones that are wood. Right? Yeah. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if he hadn't had that, we would have had to get pretty, mm-hmm. would have been tricky. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would have had to use an extension ladder, like yeah. for the roof ladder. Yep. And then figure out how to mount that thing. So we probably would have had to tie it off yeah. on the other side of the house. That like, mm-hmm. would have been awkward. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, even coming back to today, so we actually just had a call uh, a few hours ago um, to a uh, local winery production um, facility uh, for leaky ammonia uh, was what the the uh, call came in as. Turned turned out to be false, which is always good. But uh, I mean, some, something like that, you never know if there's people in the facility. Um, you know, you you're all jacked, you know, jacked up and you want to get out there quick and help and uh again we we just had this big snow uh snowstorm with our roads are 
dog shit. And <laughs> well, that's the highway. Highway's good. So that's it. So <laughs> funny who my driver was in our second new engine was uh, one of the guys. His day job is uh, he works for the Ministry of Highways. So <laughs> as old, roads. yeah, so that's literally his job right right now is to make sure the highways are good. So as we pull out of the hall, there's two ways to get to this place. You, you can take kind of over by my part part of town, the back way, which when it's clear, is probably maybe a touch faster, um, but uh, kind of six, six or one. And uh, as we're pulling out, I'm like, you should take the highways. I guarantee you they're cleaner <laughs> because coming down from my place, all of the si- side streets were just a disaster yeah. and the highways were bare. And still, like, it was very much like, hey, we can run code, code three. But let's let's just you know use that to get us through town, yeah. and um, just to, so everybody's aware uh, that we are responding. But let's not push it. We are the second new engine. Uh, it depends what we're going to be coming to. But uh, I mean, if it takes us an extra two or two or three minutes, let's make sure we get there. <laughs> you know, rather than pushing ourselves to get there an extra couple moments quicker. That's super important too, because everybody tends to get a little bit more amped up when they're going with lights and sirens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually pretty seasoned people, they, they tend not to, mm-hmm. uh, you're pretty comfortable still driving at a safe, adequate speed, but yeah. the newer drivers, if you get in there, you can see them there amped up, very focused. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. uh, giving a few tips. So that's good. I would say like we didn't even break the regular speed limit yeah. and every corner was backed way, way down. Yeah. It was well, de- around for a good time exactly. He, he drives yeah. larger equipment and he definitely yeah. gets it. So it was de- definitely nice to have him there. Um, <clears throat> but, and kind uh, of with that call, cause it comes in as a, as an alarm for ammonia. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we were told that there's nobody like the building's mm-hmm. empty. So right away we're like, okay, well there's no real rush. Mm-hmm. Buildings empty, so we, you know, we, we still get there in a timely manner, code three, but we show up, we get out, property rep kind of walks up, we're talking to them, and they're like, oh, well, there's supposed to be some cleaners inside. We're like, well, that changes a lot. <laughs> so now it yep. changes, now the, now the situation changes. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. so now it becomes, let's, okay, now we gotta get in there, because, so we, mm-hmm. we quickly mask up, get in there, because we, we were, originally we were told, yeah. You know, it's all locked up. The building's locked up. He said, oh, no, they're, they're, actually, they said there could be cleaners inside right now. So we're, okay. mm-hmm. And it was funny because they're, it's kind of funny because uh, there's this car in the parking lot and the owner points to the car and they're like, yeah, because it's like that car, like that must be the cleaner's car because I don't know whose car that is. <laughs> so we're like, oh, so we start doing our thing. Well, it turns out one of our guys came direct. Oh, yeah. Because um, he lives up there. So he comes direct, parks in the parking lot. <laughs> so... Um, and then, you know, he was, he was off with uh, another guy checking one of the alarm panels. So he doesn't hear this conversation with like, whose car is that? We're like, okay, it must be the cleaner's car. Mm-hmm. So we go in, um, we immediately go in the ammonia room and everything's normal. We start doing a quick search for these cleaners. I mean, there's no smoke or anything, so it's easy. It's an easy search. We just walk lights, flashlights, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, CBA. Um, and then actually one of our officers, he works there. So we call him up. Hey, come like come direct to the hall. Come direct to the scene. We're gonna give you an air pack. We're gonna give you um, mm-hmm. coveralls to wear because if it's ammonia, we don't want you, you know you just exposed. So he comes. He knows the building, so it's fairly quick. Yeah. But you know, for that short amount of time, sorry, it turns out the cleaners weren't in there. Mm-hmm. And it was one of our guys' <laughs> it's, it's cars. Our guy. So it's yeah. Actually, kind of funny. Um, but that whole situation changed like on a, mm-hmm. on a dime because it was like, oh, 
Now we gotta do. Maybe now we gotta Absolutely. do a rescue. Yeah. 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 yeah it changes your potential yeah. uh, immediately. I mean, you can be sitting here drawing your instant action plan for. Okay. Well, we're just gonna identify the panel. You yeah. know, check the systems. Now, mm-hmm. now it changes. No. Now we need to. Because literally, we're just gonna hang on. We were just gonna hang on and wait. Because none of the alarms are going off. We're just. We were just gonna wait yeah. for the guy that works there. That is one of one of our firefighters. Yeah. We we're just gonna wait. You know, 10, 15 minutes. And then we're going to go in with him and just because he knows where everything is. Mm-hmm. As soon as they said there might be people inside, we're like, okay, let's change it. This... And then we activated the RIT team. Well, not activated the RIT team. Got the RIT team organized. We mm-hmm. went in, did our search. Yep. You know, comms, like every time we're here, we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Our new RIT tarp, money. Nice, nice, <laughs> yeah, size. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's super identifiable as yeah, the RIT tarp. Silver, it's yeah. nice and small. Ah, uh, yeah, it was. It was awesome. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Nice. We but, went for so, a smaller tarp than the last time that, that had one mm, fire when we had the yeah, massive tarp and everyone, mm, everyone was throwing their stuff on it. tool drop. Yeah. 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 yeah, it tends to happen. Mm. I think, so while while we were out there and they were talking about, okay, there might be cleaners here, blah, 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 because um, they said they're, they're there every Monday. This is a uh, holiday for us. Um, was it a uh, family day? Yeah. So this is a uh, stat holiday. Maybe that's why there was nobody there. Uh, but, you know, again, we don't know that. Um, everybody works stats from time, time to time. So uh, it was definitely feasible that there could have been people on site. And there's like five different parking lots there. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, if, yeah, if there was a car parked around the side, oh, yeah, that could have been the cleaners. Yeah. Uh, like we were talking, there's like you guys went in one spot, you came out 300 feet yeah. off to the west. And it was, you know, a, a whole different entranceway there's two or three on the back side of the building um yeah i mean they they could have potentially been anywhere and uh yeah like, like you say as soon as there's a possibility of somebody being there and you kind of always have to play it like there is um you know it's it's really hard i'm always leery of the ah, yeah there's no one here uh you, you have to be thinking safety for us i mean that's always got to be paramount but uh i mean there's there's maintenance. There's uh, cleaners. Well, I wasn't sure when we first arrived. You never know. Um, our guys were just going in, so I wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, and like I didn't hear if the alarm, like if the if they had to turn off the burglar alarm, right? Because obviously, if the uh, if the actual alarm, if the motion sensors are on, obviously there's probably no one inside there. Right. Cleaners wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear if they said that or not. Right. And then as I'm getting off the truck, someone's like, "Oh, there might be people inside." So yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. So it was a little bit of investigation work too, where you mm-hmm. said like, yeah. "Well." Why did the alarm go off? We got called for an ammonia alarm. You know, where's mm-hmm. the alarm? What type of alarm is it? You know, and mm-hmm. then, you know, we always poo-poo our pre-planning because it's boring, you know, we like to do pre-plan, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's a prime example. That's the massive building. That's a nightmare. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, for us, it comes down to, like, who, <laughs> I think it's always, like, you know, again, back to that volunteer fire service. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, this guy works there. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Hey, come <laughs> here right now. Don't, yeah. like. Well, yeah. and I knew that you guys were trying to reach out to Jay. Yeah. Uh, so I actually called Ryan. Oh, right, yeah. Who lives, like, literally right across the street. Yeah. He wasn't home at the time. Yeah. But I was like, hey, There's a couple guys that work there. Yeah. this is happening at mm-hmm. your place of employment. He he works at an off-site facility, yeah. but he lives right there. And he has, I have been there through my Monday or Friday job to drop off stuff. So I kind of have, like, a just a fraction of knowledge of, of yeah. kind of the overall layout, but barely. Right. But like he works for the company. He has been on, on site a handful of times. And if he was across the street 
he's not going to go in because he's, you know, obviously just going to be in his regular clothes, but he can probably give a lot more knowledge than the rest of us who have zero idea yeah. until Jay arrives, right? So um, as we were responding out, I, I got him on the phone um, and he's like, yeah, shoot, I'm actually not there. Um and I, I don't work there, so I can't get you access. I'm like, oh, no, we already have a, a, a PR who is on site. They, they're just, you know, unaware of maybe the layout or whatever the deal was. We're just looking for some more inside info. Well, plus, we can't really throw them in a, like... Yeah. Like we could throw even Ryan. Mm-hmm. Ryan. We, we could have got him in we here. We could put some cover, coveralls on him. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. coveralls is better protection than, That's right. than nothing. Mm-hmm. Throw some coveralls on him. Come in with us. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously... He's not gonna walk through an ammonia cloud, basically. For sure. But, yeah. Uh, you no, know, but to identify yeah. a panel, to identify and stuff. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. don't want to take the risk of regular property rep in with us because then we have to. Oh, and this is how you use an SCBA. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to. Tra- we don't want to train them on <laughs> CBA usage. I don't you know. know for they all have their privacy yeah. pre plans, yeah. right? That's so right. For their buildings. Mm-hmm. And I think stuff, the only place that we would do that would be the arena. Um, yeah. The guys we, actually we yeah, have trained. trained we have are, trained with them, and they have trained on their own. That's we have an SCBA ready for them. Yeah when we would go in together yeah and usually those ones like for us too like they take the lead and absolutely that is a much older system yes yeah Yeah. is uh that is that thing leaks Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean it's like on time it it definitely is more prone to Mm -hmm. that oh yeah like where they call it like a burp or something nightmare with the hospital website Oh, yeah there's like like high density uh Properties there, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I ran the uh, oh, yeah, the, uh, that OSHA right that app was that we yeah. had for hazmat. I ran the I, I'd hate to see like, the, the, the overhead the, drop of oh, no, there's what a you map. Have like to, you hit the map of oh, yeah, yeah. the wind direction is yeah, a major spill. It was like evacuate this. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 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 it wasn't shelter in place, it was like evacuate this. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's oh, a man. lot, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what was I gonna say? The um. Oh, what was it about? No, oh, I was totally gone. It was about the, the large buildings. Um, just having, oh, like, oh, that's what I was going to mention. Like, if we can get into those buildings for a bit of pre-plan yeah. and then have mm-hmm. the ability to do a scenario there, if they're willing to open that facility up to us again. Which we've discussed. That's huge. Yeah, that discussed helps. That's yeah. what you guys were talking about yeah. before we started here. Yeah. And that's that helps so much with that. It mm-hmm. makes everybody a lot more intimate. Yeah. We did a walk through that building a few years ago, but they've changed their, like, it's a Kind of, they do bottling and stuff there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they changed their whole bottling line. So I went in there. I'm like, oh, this is totally different than the last time I was in here. <laughs> like yeah. everything is different. Like, and it's basically like, like the old Laverne and Shirley. I don't know if you remember that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old Milwaukee <laughs> Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, this is really complicated. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys find uh, with some of your larger uh, industrial buildings? I know not as much in our town anymore because a few of them have closed and changed hands now to different wineries, mm-hmm. but. Our late morning, you know, on-call managers or property reps who show up, they're coming from Penticton or something. Absolutely. And they have no knowledge of the building. They're just an on-call person for them. They'll arrive, oh, I'll open up this door, and we ask them where something is. I don't know. I don't know. Never been here before. Yeah. 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 That happens to you as well. Yeah. 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 They work for the company. Yeah. Not necessarily on-site. Woo-hoo. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. Yeah, frontline workers should be the PRs. Yeah, yeah, have someone yeah. local that's like involved with the system. <laughs> they should train cleaners to do that stuff. Because obviously, the cleaners know the nooks and crannies of everything. That's right. 
Because mm-hmm. I guarantee that if those queers were not like were there tonight, they'd right. be like, "Oh, yeah, you're over here, da da Because they know where everything is in those yeah. buildings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anything else on cold weather, winter? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, we haven't really had a whole lot of uh, long, strenuous cold weather. Where, wow. you know, like I mean, a couple of years ago, we had that stretch for us where we had those structure fires. We got to keep things, keep the water flowing and stuff because yep. yeah. nozzles start freezing up, pumps start freezing up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I don't mind the. Uh, oh, the fire where the house kind of half exploded there. Right. Because um, it was pretty cold that day. Yeah. I don't mind a couple of guys because uh, you know a couple of our newer guys. Um, they've only been to a few structure fires, and uh, that one we wasn't that cold, so I had to remind them, like, hey, make sure you keep cracking the bail. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, just a trickle because you're gonna get a you know, it's gonna freeze, it the line's gonna freeze, freeze up. up the tip. Yeah, yep. yeah, you know, and that's you know, that's one thing, I guess. You know, the, they probably don't write that in, I don't even know, if, is that in, in the manuals? Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't read that shit, I just skim it. <laughs> 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 no, 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 full seriousness, though, like, yeah, they, you got to keep it cracked, and mm-hmm. uh, we brought this up the other night, actually, just same thing we're talking about now to some of our guys, and uh, <laughs> I had to throw the disclaimer in, the, and uh, when you do that, don't just set it down and walk away from it, set mm-hmm. it so it's draining away from the truck, away yeah. from your work, and then walking <laughs> sure. away, yeah. to get a giant sheet of <laughs> fucking ice afterwards, yeah. Yeah. it's a nightmare to work around the truck. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember I was on uh, Jimmy Fire here once, and again, it was freezing cold, and we were on the roof. We cleared the snow. We're up on the ladder. I brought the, because uh, we thought it extended into the, into the roof, so we're cutting a hole in the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I hooked the ladder. I hooked the hose over the peak of the roof and just turned it on so it would run down the other side. <laughs> so it ran to the other side of the gutter. And, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't absolutely. want to run on our side where we were trying to work. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's those little things that you, you really need to know sometimes. Yeah. And that's just kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never seen the line. Like I've never been around when we not opened it and froze it and what that means. The line, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I don't know. I don't I've had our SCBAs <laughs> freeze up or face yeah, freeze. That, you yeah. take it off for rehab, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. then you get back in. It's frozen solid. Yeah, nice you forget to yeah. put it in the cap of the truck, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, little things like that. Um, yeah, falling yeah. on my ass, <laughs> the ice patch. <laughs> I'm setting a nozzle down, but. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely slept on a fire seam yeah. from ice buildup. Um, you know, you got to watch where you're walking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like even coming back to that uh, uh, accident scene just so, south of town. We've come to now mm-hmm. uh, using water to, I mean, just like the super small debris, uh, just to wash it off the si- side of the road. Yeah. Um, we'll talk with the uh, um, road road crew that's there we'll talk to uh the tow truck company and it's up to them to like it's it's not up to the fire department locally here i don't know if it is elsewhere but uh like we're not cleaning the road we're we're taking care of the scene uh but also if if we're going to be opening up the highway uh we don't want to have vehicles driving through debris and that's kind of one of the things that we ran into um was uh they were trying to get the the highway opened up to too quickly uh in that one event so just using a simple inch and a half nice low pressure so you're not scattering everywhere it's uh really easy just wash off the highway um now if it was minus yeah, whatever you're, you're, you're having that you're looking at your phone going okay 
Yeah. The weather says it's going to be plus four today. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't quite there yet. It was, it was like there. sitting there like minus one, yeah. zero. See, I can see you guys up the road having like, uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah. And then luckily again, we had Adam. Um, so the old the brine truck. So we got him to uh, come and drop some uh, uh, brine, which is... Salt. <laughs> salt, water, and salt. Right. Many times mm. where we have to have the Argo trucks, yeah. uh, road maintenance trucks, come yeah. and sand and salt and brine for sure. The accident scene and this yeah. leading leading up to it. Mm-hmm. There's actually there's a lot of calls in our province where our ambulance dispatch um, they get layered with a, a highways truck. The mm-hmm. highways truck has to literally clear the path to the house for the right. to get there. Right. Mm. That happens quite a bit. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Really? Well, I think that uh, wraps up the old chit chat portion. I don't know. Any more for any more? <laughs> any more for any more? That's insane. Right? <laughs> um, let's talk about Modus. Um, they got a bunch of stuff coming out right now. I mean, yeah, what's that tool called? Is it called the Lloyd tool? The Lloyd. Lloyd tool. Yeah. Is the name of a guy named Lloyd? It has to be. I, I wonder if he knows. Where's the DTFF tool? Right? Modus. Yeah, what the shit over? <laughs> mm, we should come up with something. <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. Let's sell this nozzle thing that we that we uh, we'll rename it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We have, to claim, we have to claim claim that for sure. Um, you know, you... still a sexy looking. It's some of the motor gear though. No, however, okay, red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you if you anodize that red. <laughs> I've got a pretty smart idea that I, I don't want to say it live here. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. We, we might be onto something. However, Modus. So they've got, uh, uh, what do they have now? So it's the Lloyd tool. Uh, there's the, uh, what are they calling that? These are the, uh, the door jams, Modus door jams. Door jams, boom. Yeah. So, Which is very um, similar to what uh, Jason gave us. That's right. So we, we, we've been demoing some of that from uh, uh, Ignition. Yeah. But the So these guys came out... Uh, with the same 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 idea, th- uh, throw it around um, inside and outside handle stops the uh, the latch from latching. latching. <laughs> but they also have their uh, snagger tool, four century wedge, uh, their soft wedges, uh, their pocket pouch organizers. They've got the vehicle kit, which uh, now looks really wicked. You you can buy kind of everything for like your own personal kit in yeah. in one in one purchase there, which is pretty mm-hmm. sweet. Uh, their hydrant wrench. Um, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, look at one of those Lloyd tools, see if it's, uh, what the difference is between that and the um, mm-hmm. Ignition USA one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a bit more, maybe bulky, right? Like, I don't know if that would fit in a pants pocket. I'd yeah. like to see what size it is. But if that was, say, on our officer truck or on our command vehicle, then it doesn't matter. Entry tools. Exactly. If if it was a yeah. part of kit that wasn't on your person, it doesn't matter then. And it looks like it's super, super um, you know, handy, flexible. Everything that I've read, they actually posted somebody's uh, somebody's review on it, and they said that they had <clears throat> tried to make one of those, but they could never get like the right thickness of uh, material down because mm-hmm. uh, you definitely want it to be a little bit flexible but overly flexible now it's not going to action uh the latch properly so right. um you know they did their research obviously and uh it kind of seems seems to be the right uh, ratio so yeah hopefully that's one of the things that they said that they have coming for us 
I don't know. They uh, said they have things coming for us. Maybe, maybe that's it. Things coming for us. <laughs> Modus. So if, if you like any of that business, yeah. <laughs> GTFF5 gets you 5% off your uh, next purchase. Yeah, you know, these those door jams, it's, uh, it's pretty handy for a lot of the... Mm-hmm. Well, in and out, like if you're going for medical first response stuff, you know, just apartment complex things, searches, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, it's super handy. To you know what they, they need to make? <laughs> those clips. Are yeah. yeah. What are you going to rock one of those clips? That, that shit in red is going to be those. money. Yeah. yeah. Those, what are they? Clamps? Like a, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's like an alligator clamp. Like a metal alligator clamp. Like, I mean, I use my gate. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I went, I bought, I thought I bought. The, don't like don't the buy heavy, plastic ones. No, I bought the heavy plastic. I thought like the good ones, mm. <laughs> and I put it in the door. I was like, ah, that's holding perfect. Well, one of the good firefighters behind me comes on. Oh, I closed that door. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. There's my tool laying that's on the ground. The pieces, pieces. like fuck's sakes. Yeah. Not from not now. Uh, we were actually at the local prison. Yeah. <laughs> so I put it on uh, when I got the plastic one. I put it on, and obviously, a prison door is much heavier than a regular door. Mm. And it was like. Mm, Smash! It flew everywhere. I'm like, oh, gotta pick the pieces up. Yeah, I guess that. <laughs> so I picked all the pieces up yeah. in my pocket. <laughs> so yeah, the metal one. I mean, for the extra two bucks. <laughs> yeah, they're super super cheap. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Modus can come up with one of those. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Analyze aluminum. Because yeah, it's uh, I, I use it all the time. I you know I clip it to the back end of my jacket and same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've seen uh, I've seen guys. Put it on the back of their helmet, even. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that'd be too bulky for. Yeah, I think what I'm going for. Kind of comes down to all the little things to put in your pocket and clip on, because you got to think of whatever you're putting on you could get stuck. Yeah, yeah like well, right? I find it. I, th- I attach it to my name tag on my back, like yeah. on the yeah. bottom, my butt flap. Because even if the butt flap gets hooked, hung up, it just rips off anyway. So it's like exactly. Yeah, yeah mine's so. mine's not on my like on my actual jacket either. It's yeah. Yeah. Just coming off the side of the butt patch there and it can tear away if I'm mm-hmm. in a bad spot. That's why like for my cable cutters I have that little tether on yeah. handling you have the same on, on yours. Mm. It's just because if you're entangled then you're gonna you're able to grab that tether and yeah. pull it out of your pocket easily. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Modus. Mm. Modus. <laughs> so well, ignition. That's the snagger tool, of course. Oh obviously the snagger tool. Yeah. yeah. That's the old bread and butter. I think it's their website, like modusnidertool.com. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, DTFF5. Yeah. Did you say that? Yes, yep. I did. But yep. Can never uh, say it too many times. Was <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't present. Uh, Ignition USA. Whoever wants to talk uh, about that. Ignition USA, yeah. The uh, rumor is they've moved their manufacturer to Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, Jason from Seattle. Hopefully their supply chain is still open. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have a crash on the shitty roads down in the snow. Um, yeah, the Seattle uh, Sea Rat, uh, the rapid access tool. Uh, so it's great little uh, multi-tool, all these little tools in one for uh, passive entry or soft entry. Um, being able to secure those uh, doors uh, after you leave the scene. So great for a lot of the industrial settings. It's mm-hmm. not going to work on every door, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a good, good variety of, of tools in it. You've got your key blade, your... Um, pry bar, window punch. Mm-hmm. Eleven uh, functions uh, according to the website. Yeah, was, yeah. So there's a whole pile of them now. I can't remember all. Gas of them. shut off. Yeah, your gas shut off. Mm-hmm. Um, like they said, is they wanted to do multiple things, but keep it very small, still Absolutely. so it can slide into a pocket stuff. 
uh, works very well for their area of, of industrial um, doors. Uh, we got to play with it, uh, I guess it was just over a year ago now, down there mm -hmm. with them when we met them and went through it. You can check out their videos on Ignition USA, but also uh, some of our videos with it as well. Absolutely. On our uh, YouTubes. And the uh, discount code is still active, and it is. Perfect. Uh, the Ignition code, what was it now? It DTF2020. Yeah. yeah. DTF2020, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. It's still active and going. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, great little, great little tool. Um, I know, I feel... I wish I had more doors to try and try it on. I've, yeah, <laughs> I've gone through all of our doors on our hall as yep. best I can with it, and then you know, try not to scratch the paint on other doors. But... I've not played with it enough. Yeah, I'd like to have some more ha hands on. I like it, actually like to go head to head with the Modus and, and, and Ooh, oh, head to head competition mm -hmm. there. Right? Okay. There we go. Modus and Zrap. Mm -hmm. I'm down. Yeah, sounds like a video. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, time it. I can blow through that door. You got that one down pat? Yeah, it's yeah. uh it it's almost scary how how fast. I I forgot who I was showing. I think it was Pat. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, Pat, how how fast do you think I can get in that door? Hmm. Like with it's the key. Like too, right? It is for wedge, sure. Like it's yeah. huge. Toss toss a wedge in there. Yeah. Um yeah. Perfect. Ignition USA. Mm -hmm. DCFF twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, I'd like to mention e Eolf. You you Yolf again. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's your name to say. So they uh Canadian company that provides um professional climbing equipment, uh which we use for our low angle wrestling mm -hmm. currently. Um great company. So like we love their the, the gear we would buy. Right? Yeah, yeah and the harnesses we got. The new harnesses are so whole much nicer. Something mm, that's right. To try for our department. I'm not really sure what it is. So once it comes we'll find out. Yeah, um, again, yeah. video to follow, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do we got next? Stop the Bleed. StopTheBleed.org. Um, yeah, go online. Now things have uh, started opening up a little bit again. Uh, you can find out uh, some of the course content, what it is, what the Stop the Bleed program does, um, and see if there's any instructors in your area. If you are interested in being an instructor, you can also go online and check them out. Um, if you're any sort of a uh, law enforcement, um, medical, paramedic, nurses, etc., there's a whole huge list of uh, people who can be a Stop the Bleed instructor. However, just because you can take a simple course to be an instructor, we want to make sure that if you're doing it, that you want to be as, I wouldn't say aggressive, but I guess uh, knowledgeable and assertive as you can be mm -hmm. uh, in the course content. And what we like doing is those high fidelity sims with it as well. Make it fun, make it real, uh, get a lot of hands on because it is a very basic uh, uh, program you can do. Uh, it's designed to teach you know just any lay person in general public from elementary school kids uh, upwards towards you can work with your law enforcement, fire services, and anybody else. Um, and then you can kind of kick it up a notch for the training for that. So stop the bleed. So of course the uh, direct pressure, wound packing, and tourniquet application. So always carry a tourniquet on your person. Make sure it's out of the wrapper or else you're going to Dr. Nick a beer. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of our uh, trucks came from work. Um, we got a new one from the coast. Yeah. Drives up and uh, first thing I do, drives into the truck bay and I'm like, uh, first aid kit, because our old truck's going back. It's obviously all set up. So I got the tourniquets in there right on top. As soon as you open it, tourniquet gloves. Um, open up the new, for the, the first aid kit from the new truck. Open it up, tourniquet. 
packaging. Everything's packaging. I'm like, no! <laughs> so rip it open. <laughs> Get it all set up. <laughs> yeah. Back up. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? We when we get ours um, through our PDC stuff for the eye melts, it's the same thing. Everybody goes and throws them in the and the eye melts are in the yeah. kit in the packaging still. Mm, yeah, and that packaging is a pain in the ass in the best of times. Yeah. Now, imagine if your hands are a little bloody and slippery. Yeah. Like anybody who has ever fought with a little piece of transport tape to try and get some tape in an emergency, set, <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> well, the trick is one thing. Like you don't. It doesn't need to be. Um, um, no, it's not sterile. That's yeah, sterile. I was gonna yeah. say hygienic. It doesn't need to be sterile. No. Um, it doesn't like it needs to be fast. So it's not gonna go bad. Like it's, you open the package, it's not gonna really expire. It's, yeah, it's a piece of gear that can sit there. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't want to sit on the weather, but it can mm. sit there. Um, Get it prepped. Yeah, that's what I do. I take them all out of the packaging. Um, and I place them in my major trauma set uh, section in my trauma kits, um, as well. And usually it's kind of in the top corner. So if I have to get to something. Of a lesser urgent need in that kit setup, I just need to move it. Um, so sure. I always have when I first unzip it, if that's yeah. you know I need to go. So I generally have that and chest seals kind of right. the primary, mm. and some other the major gauze kind of in another little pouch. Mm. Yeah, nice. Stopthebleed.org, uh, and of course go on our YouTube, check us out. Uh, we did some of the videos and the course content on there as well. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Olson, man. Yeah, actually, I just me- I messaged him a little late. I should have messaged him earlier. Uh, just asked him if he had any live or live shows coming up. He mm-hmm. didn't reply yet. But um, I don't think there's any live shows coming. There's probably some broadcasts, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're uh, country music out of, out of the West Coast. Yep. Canada. I see he's been active on TikTok. Oh, has he? Yeah, they've, they've actually been doing a bunch of, uh, like, collaborations or whatever jimmy tenpenny <laughs> or whatever yeah so <laughs> with, i don't know um that that guy and a, a few other artists now oh, yeah? uh yeah yeah it's actually pretty cool so Sweet. um check check them out yeah mm-hmm. and uh as as we say lastly we have us uh so we're on facebook youtube instagram tiktok um <clears throat> we uh focus the majority of our our content through Facebook, uh, the majority of our video we try to funnel through YouTube, uh, with everything um, being a little tighter right now. Uh, we're not actively out there doing extracurricular training, which we're hoping will relax a little bit with springtime coming. Uh, a little bit longer days will be a little bit easier for us to get out there and get some of the ideas that we have Um able to be recorded and then we can release a lot of that out to you guys so um yeah give us a like uh share follow on all of those platforms um it definitely uh helps get us in front of more more people the more interaction that we get the uh i guess the uh wider the audience reach and we would definitely appreciate that absolutely yeah uh now the classic anymore for any more gentlemen actually nick hilton ah just posted a little flashback from the podcast. I think it's time to start recording again. Oh, oh. man, you, you literally heard it here first. Well, uh, I mean, we're not going to release this for a while. Yeah, probably so. yeah, it's 52 minutes ago in our time right now. But... Oh, you <laughs> so, did not hear it here first. In four days, you'll hear <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, you will hear this in a couple of days. But that's uh, that's really good good news. It's, uh, why wouldn't he start that up just before his wife gives birth? 
he's doing anything. Oh god. And we're down. <laughs> yeah. That's uh just a Maybe get off that topic. You guys see the photo that's, he, that's he two took of the Scott. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably for the best. You guys see the photo we took at the fire hall the other night? Yeah. I don't know what he was doing there late, but uh, they might have had a call or whatever the deal was. Yeah. yeah. I thought they had like one truck. Yeah, they're actually fairly apparatus <laughs> yeah. heavy as well. And Did he sneak in the Navy Yard? Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, there was that one Navy truck that was yeah. there or whatever, or yeah. Coast Guard or whatever the hell it was. It might have been the Navy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's an exciting news. Hopefully get those guys back back out. And we'll have to do another collab episode with them. That was always, uh, yeah, we've done a couple now. We did uh, the their one where we all got together. Their 100th episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a gong show. That was a gong show, <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be good to get them back on, just kind of. Yeah. Where things are sitting with them, their departments now, like there's been a lot of lot of changes. A lot of change long. across, yeah. uh, you know, across the the old country here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of changes down south for sure. So, yeah, yeah, it would be great to get back back in touch with them. Good, beautiful. Well, I think that's all we got. Anything else, Scott? Good night, Todd. No thanks. Have a good night. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. As always, stay safe, stay TTFN.